and welcome to Eastbourne Theatre's podcast. I'm Phil Hopton, an ambassador for Eastbourne Theatres and your host for this episode. First up today, we will be discussing all things Elf A Christmas Spectacular with Tam Ryan, who plays Buddy the Elf in the musical stage adaptation of the hilarious 2003 cult Christmas movie starring Will Ferrell. Then, later in the episode, Tom will be talking to Elliot Jalarocca, the director of Black Eyed Theatre's stage adaptation of Mary Shelley's classic novel Frankenstein. But before that, let's get the Christmas cheer started with a look at Elf A Christmas Spectacular. It's the story of Buddy the Elf. It's the Hi, it's me, Buddy the Elf. So, come see Elf the Musical, the stage version of the fabulous funny film. Christmas comes early to the Congress Theatre Eastbourne from November 18th to November 21st. Tickets selling fast, so book now! That's the story of Buddy the Elf. Well, my name is uh, Tam Ryan. I'm an actor and entertainer. I've been cast as Buddy in Elf, the Christmas Spectacular. So you're playing a role that's going to be known to most of our listeners, I think, in our bracket. I think it's fair to assume that a lot of our listeners will have seen Elf and know it and love it. What can you tell us about Elf? Straight from the Elf's mouth. Absolutely. Uh, To coin a phrase, yeah. I mean... To, to allude to your point, though, I mean, that it, it, when I first, I mean, it's the third year I've kind of taken on the role now, so I'm, I've kind of settled into his elf shoes a little bit more. But it, yeah, I was in, it's it's quite a daunting proposition, really, because as you mentioned, that the movie is so iconic, and 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 it is one of the biggest, probably, uh, sc- iconic screen performances in in the last 50, 70 years, perhaps, perhaps more. So. Yeah, that brings brings a daunting challenge, really, because uh, you're trying to to fit the shoes of uh, of Will Ferrell. But also, you know, I think it's hugely important that you don't. And this was drilled into me by uh, a brilliant team of creatives that we didn't just try and do a lukewarm impression of Will Ferrell, because at the end of the day, that's what it looks like. So I've got to put me into the character as well. There are there are mo- the creative license of interpretation. Is, is hugely important in projects like this. Can, I was wondering maybe if you could talk a little bit about that specifically. Obviously, adapting, like you say, such a cult film is a difficult thing to do in any circumstance, but adapting something from screen to stage rather than the other way around, I, I imagine there's a lot of like unique challenges and opportunities even. Obviously, they're, they're two, I mean, I'm not reinventing the wheel, they're two massively different media. So mm. so what, what you've got to do is, is I think, use... The inspiration uh, and everything that's 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 remembered so fondly about the film, and try and capture that, but put it in in a musical theatre setting. So, you know that 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 presents challenges because I think if people come charged up, ready to say, "Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the shower scene," or, or "I'm looking forward to this thing," then then you kind of think, "Well, you know, we have to. There has to be some kind of." compromise along the way because otherwise we'll we'll just end up imitating something that's been already done so what we need to do is is use the um the characters that have been so brilliantly created uh, created by John Favreau and all the actors um and and reinvigorate that into our interpretation of the film but also it it you know, we add sparkle and glitz and choreography, which is madness, really. When when you when, but 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 that's the process of uh, of of turning anything from from screen to stage. I suppose you know, yeah, you you add that you add all so, so many production values and different ingredients that you end up with something that's quite, you know, often quite camp and frilly, but but 
essentially has has all the ingredients and the essence of of why people really fell in love with the film. Mm. I've never had so much fun on stage playing, you know, effectively what is a kid in a in a man's body where everything is new to him. You know, so th- this would be completely perplexing. This whole Zoom call or a, or, or a podcast to <laughs> to buddy be like, what? What is that? Oh wow! I can see my eye. You know th- those really rudimentary uh, observations that you have to sort of uh, put into the character. But with that comes so much fun and joy. It's almost like you're you're almost unrestricted, really. And it's, it's in the rehearsal period and and throughout the creative process, we've been just finding those moments, sort of in between the lines that are written. I mean, you touched on it just there, but like that sort of innocence and that sort of like approaching the world through new eyes. Sure. You mentioned in there, there are those beats where you'll find those sorts of things. Have you got any examples that you're happy to share without spoiling too much from the show? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't really want to, uh, uh, you know, spoil too many moments, but it's it's things like, you know, that, that, that probably, that aren't written. Um, so that, you know, it's line, line, line amongst amongst the actors but in between that you know buddy finishes a line then he sees something out of the corner of his eye which is a shiny badge so his attention is instantly taken away from the main narrative to put the character over so it's um you know if i think he has the line something like um susan wells had me but she didn't tell you but i'm your son but oh my god is that a shiny badge and you know you're kind of off again in a different manic direction it keeps you on your toes i guess it keeps everyone else on their toes as well oh listen he's absolutely exhausting to play i mean <laughs> i mean the show is is very demanding anyway of particularly of me of, of many of the actors but particularly of me because it's it's so buddy centralized which mm. again you know i'm not complaining about that it's, it's a dream role in many ways but oh that i mean the Kelly, who who plays Jovi brilliantly, by the way, hmm. that there's a, there's a scene again without giving too much away. But I'm I have to put so much energy into the scenes that when there's this stripped back scene, which is actually the start of the relationship forming between Jovi and Buddy, my face is covered in sweat. I mean, it, it is awful. <laughs> I have to sort of go forward in for a kiss, and I and I have to apologise every time. <laughs> As, as as a globule of sweat just trickles down my oh, nose. No. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean it's it's hideous, it's a horrible thing. I mean, that's very buddy. I feel like that would be something that Buddy would do. You well, know, he's so all it. over I the mean... shop that it's just like those are the sorts of little things. It's almost method <laughs> in it, itself. Very much so. Very much so. It's, it almost helps it helps the character, you know. Well, I mean, even just from the very brief snippets of Buddy that I've just seen uh, you do throughout this podcast, I think it's fair to say. I mean, I can I can already see and hear that it, you you understand this character, you understand this this show. Uh, well, I hope so, mate. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Elf will be at the Congress Theatre from the 18th of November to the 21st of November. So very, very, very soon. Uh, make sure you get your tickets if you haven't already. Tam. How would Buddy describe Elf? Look, Buddy would Buddy would love the show because um, it's fast paced, it's moving, everything is is bright, colourful, beautiful in terms of um, uh, the spectacle of it. You know, I think he'd just think. I mean, uh, Buddy tries to put. I don't know. I'm sure you're very much aware, but but Buddy would put a positive spin on the grimmest of circumstances mm-hmm. anyway. So excellent, and he'd tell us all to go buy our tickets right now. <laughs> go buy your tickets now, you cotton-handed ninny muggins. Thanks again for Tam for coming on to the podcast. Tickets for Elf are going fast, so book now to avoid disappointment. Now, of course, we've mentioned the amazing Ovation membership from Eastbourne Theatres previously on this podcast. 
Well, now you have the opportunity to win a year-long Ovation Plus membership worth £45. How we hear you cry? Well, it's simple. Just email the word backstage, that's backstage, to theatresmarketing at lewis-eastbourne.gov.uk before the 5th of January for your chance to win. Once again, just email the word backstage to the email address which you can find in the podcast description. Good luck. My name's Elliot, Elliot Dreller-Rocker. I'm an actor, uh, a director, a theatre maker. Um, So I make my own work and I also am uh, an actor for hire. And I'm currently in the West End uh, performing in a production called Witness for the Prosecution. And I'm an associate artist of Black Eyed Theatre. So I've directed a number of shows for Black Eyed Theatre in the past, including Frankenstein, which we did, as I said, five years ago. We originally created it. And uh, we're really excited to be taking it on the road again next year. Uh, it's an interesting take on, on Frankenstein. I suppose the main talking point or the, the thing that people seem to, to really like, as well as the ensemble style, the monster, the creature, is a six foot four Bunraku puppet. So it's, uh, it's puppeteered by the, the company. It's brought to life, literally, sort of as, as you watch it. And um, it's a wonderful creation. It was, it was made by a puppeteer called Yvonne Stone, who uh, worked with us during rehearsals, and she's done a lot of work. She started off on War Horse. Uh, she's a wonderful puppet maker and uh, a puppet director. And uh, it took an enormous amount of time to, to work out how this puppet worked. To be honest with you, if I, if I knew... If I knew at the start of rehearsals how much uh, amount of time it would take to get this puppet to to look real, mm. to, to make it come alive, I probably wouldn't have done it. Oh, really? I totally underestimated how difficult it was to, to get it right. And we, we spent a huge amount of time just trying to get it to move a couple of steps. Mm. Um, you know, but, but the wonderful thing about um, puppets is when it works, it becomes almost magical because... Mm. The audience can see the puppeteers in full view, but after maybe 10, 15 seconds, they just forget they're there and they focus on on the puppet. And of course, what I think is quite exciting about uh, using a puppet in that way is it really engages an audience's imagination. Mm-hmm. So they really invest in the story and they really invest in uh, in that creature. And it's, uh, I think it's a wonderful metaphor for what happens in the story itself, because Frankenstein is very keen to try and discover the elixir of life, what brings things to life and, you know, uh, animating dead matter, bringing something to life. And that's what we try to do theatrically. So you have a, 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 the puppet, which is made of cloth and, and, and rope, and um, it's just almost like a piece of set. Mm. And then it slowly comes to life and moves and speaks and and it, it, it gives the, the the illusion of that you've created life in front of the audience, which I think is a nice sort of parallel to what goes on in the story itself. Absolutely, yeah, it's thematically incredibly appropriate. Yeah. But I was wondering if we could talk just a little bit overall about Frankenstein, about the play, about what you did last time, maybe what you're interested in changing and tweaking this time without giving too much away, of course. Yeah, well, we, we um, um, Adrian McDougall, who's the artistic director of Black Eyed, um, has specialised in uh, historically doing, uh, you know, really wonderful productions, adaptations of of well-known novels Mm. often Um, because, A, it's really good for schools. It gets, you know, it gets people really interested in theatre at a young age. 
it's also a really interesting thing that people want to come and see. So we've done, uh, myself and the artistic team that we, we had on Frankenstein had done a production of Dracula. So we were mining that sort of Gothic novel territory and the, the production of Dracula was very, uh, you know, very well received and very popular. Um, and Adrian came to me and said, oh, let's do Frankenstein. And I thought, well, what a wonderful opportunity. So I, st I started to develop a kind of storytelling style. So the theatre that sort of really excites me is, is, is making a virtue of what makes theatre special, which is that it's live. Mm. It's happening in front of you. It's not filmed. You can't rewind. You can't, you know, it's that liveness that I find very exciting. So in all my productions, I try and have my actors on stage all the time. There's no such thing as off stage. So if they're not in the action, they're creating sounds, they're, they're doing a soundscape, they're underscoring with musical instruments, they're enabling the action to happen. So I like to create work that's very fluid, that moves, there's no big scene changes, you know, the scene changes happen as part of the action. So it's a very much a live, and I hope a very exciting thing to see that you can only do in theatre. Mm. And, and drawing on from that, the, the productions that I create, I suppose, can only be created with the people that I have in front of me because I try to utilise their strengths, their skills, what they bring to the table. So if someone comes and, and, and makes the foolish decision to tell me that they play a flute, the flute will be in the show at some <laughs> point. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's trying to involve and engage uh, an ensemble. Mm. So we work as a real ensemble, so every aspect of uh, a performer's skill is used. And I think that creates really exciting work. But what it does mean is that you have to um, create afresh each time. So although we're we're doing the same show that we did five years ago, we've got a great script, but we're adding to the script, we're changing the script slightly, we're, we're refining the script. Um, we've got the same puppet, but we'll have possibly different actors. And so in the rehearsal room, although we know sort of what works and vaguely how the things are going to be blocked or what music we might use, the exciting thing is to say, well, let's forget all that and let's see what we've got this time. That's quite uh, good from a directing standpoint as well, as like it yeah. gives you this sort of almost blank slate to, uh, to play with sure. each time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, 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 you start off in a, in a way, you start off as an auteur. You say, this is the vision. This is what I'm trying to achieve. This, these are the components. But then you have to have the humility and the bravery to go, but let's see what, what everybody else brings to the table because they're nine times out of ten is going to be better than what, you, what you'd thought of. You know, and it's like working with good actors. Sometimes you think, oh, I never imagined you would do that scene in that way. But actually now I see it, it's great. Why did I think it would be any different? So, you, you, you know, and that's the fun of it, I think. If you can, you know, you can work with people that challenge you and that you challenge, but you do it in a spirit of collaboration and, you, you know, you try and – you're a team, essentially. You're, you know, we've very much got a team ethos of, uh, you know, let's let's – Let's serve the story. What what's the best way we can uh, we can work to, to to bring this production to life? And I suppose it comes with the added benefit of something like Frankenstein, a story which has been around for what two hundred years now, or something like that. Oh, yeah. um, around yeah. that, who's counting? But yeah, um, yeah. It, it does <laughs> allow for these sort of magical moments of just like complete ingenuity and creativity that you just, if yeah. you were doing it by rote, you'd completely miss it. There were certain set pieces that we worked a lot on because they're very important. So for example, when the, when the, when the creature comes to life, when Frankenstein actually finally 
creates the creature and it, and it comes to life. That's the big, a big moment that the audience is, is waiting for. Mm. And we had a little platform that we built, which the creature, the puppet lay on. And we had to get the puppet breathing and then slowly coming up, getting off the platform and making it those first steps. Now, of course, the, the audience is absolutely keyed into, oh my God, what, what's happening, what's happening? So we spent an awful lot of time to get that, you know, every little movement of the puppet at the breath of the body. Yeah. It looks, once, once you see it in the show, it looks very easy to mm. do, but it's a bit like a very intricate choreography with the puppeteers changing positions and, and choreographing what moves first. And if you break down, you know, if you wave your hand like that, we do it, you know, we don't even think about it, but if you're a puppet, if, if you're puppeteering, you have to work out what moves first and what comes afterwards. And so it's, it's breaking movement down into its component parts, putting it back together. And then someone outside myself normally, or, or, or Yvonne just going, no, that doesn't work. That leg <laughs> needs to move after that leg. And, and, and so set pieces like that, you can never get completely right. And it would be great to have another go at those sort of big set pieces where you have to be very, it's like a, it's like a perfectly tuned dance. Mm. I was just going to say, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like dance, but obviously it's, it's got the added challenge of dance being extended to a fundamentally inanimate object. So yeah, it's physically challenging for the actors, but you know, it's, it's, it's really, I hope that the, the actors, when I work with a, a company, they, they start to feel an ownership of the work mm. because they've essentially they've created it. You know, I'm literally directing the ideas and directing the, you know, the scenes and the energy, but they're creating it with their own ingenuity and their own skill. So I hope they get very involved in terms of uh, feeling pride in, in the work they create. And I hope that translates to an audience, which, you know, is, is the point of doing it, which we've all missed for the last, you know, 18 months. It is good to see that sort of renewed enthusiasm for people coming back. I mean, we've seen it here. No, I mean, we're, we're, we're very excited to to come down to Eastbourne, mm -hmm. lovely part of the world. I used to go there on many occasions. I was brought up in Kent, so I uh, wasn't too far to, to whiz down. And, uh, down to the Sunshine Coast. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, we're always happy to have you. <laughs> so Frankenstein will be at the Devonshire Park Theatre next year from 15th to the 19th of March, 2022. I think you should absolutely be booking your tickets the second you can, partly because it's, it's a really exciting show. It's, it's fun. It's, it's, um, I hope it will give you a sense of awe and wonder. I think it's slightly magical. Um, you know, there, there is a real sense of, you know, there'll be a few, two or three moments where you gasp. And, um, and it's really, it, 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 if you know someone that doesn't usually go to theatre, this is a really great show to bring them along to mm. because it's visually stunning. It's really exciting. It's a fantastic story. It's a really fun, rumbustuous story. And it's got lots of moral dilemmas, you know, because Frankenstein creates this, uh, this creature, then immediately disowns him. And what happens when you disown a child or you, don't, you, know, you, or you bring something into the world and then completely disown it? What happens to that, that, that creature, you know, and whose fault is it? And so there's lots of moral dilemmas, but it's exciting fantastically you know fun to watch get your tickets and i'll see you there 
thanks to Elliot and again to Tam for both of you coming on to talk to us this week. Well, that's almost time for the curtain to fall again on another episode of the Eastbourne Theatres podcast. As always, you can find out more about any of the shows discussed today and the many, many more coming up throughout 2022 and beyond on our website at eastbournetheatres.co.uk. You can also connect to us across social media and, of course, get all the interviews and news by subscribing to the Eastbourne Theatres podcast, which is available in all the usual places you get your podcast from. And as always, don't forget to rate and review us as well. Thanks for listening and we'll be back with a new episode in two weeks.